spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel a spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. in my heart, I will Every time I feel a spirit moving in my heart, I will pray all around me so shine as Lord if all was mine ain't but one train run this track it runs to heaven and runs right back oh every time I feel a spirit moving in my heart I will pray every time I feel a spirit Moving in my heart, I will pray. I will pray. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for black lives. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the heart, we are one in the spirit, we are one in the heart, and we pray that all unity may one day be Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. version. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in a place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heavenly heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And of all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in in the other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing. Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard the sound 
a crown came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who speaking Galileans? Then how is th that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthian, Medes, Alamedes, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia. Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Palia, Palfia, Egypt and the part of Libai near Quirent, Quirent, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Jew. James um, created art. We heard them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazing perplex. They asked one another, what does this what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, You have too much wine. Peter addressed Crown. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice, addressed crowned fellow Jews, and all who you live in Jew, Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. These people are not drunk in use as you suppose. Only nine, only nine, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what we spoke by prophets, Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Visions. Um, your, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit to those days. And then they will prophesy. I will show wonder in heaven about the sun on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and moon to blood. Before the coming of the great glorious days of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
pray with me please gracious and loving God may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight O God our rock and our Redeemer amen what a week we've had Wow just the the best of Bay Area weather sunny and and not too hot cool nights quite a shift from last week though it felt like uh, some days it felt like we had dropped back into winter. I don't know about you uh, and how you watched and worshiped last week. Maybe you were wrapped up in a blanket or in a comforter. I remember when our family moved to Berkeley and um, my daughter, unfamiliar with summer fog winding down the street, one evening said, it moves. 
Last year at this time, as we entered into this pandemic, many people reported that they felt like they were in a fog. Do you remember that? Do you remember that sense? We, we then learned that the feeling was real, that situations when routines have been abended do create a fogginess as our brains look for familiar patterns and find few, if any. There was a period of reorientation as we settled into new routines in the much smaller worlds of our homes and the fog began to lift. In its wake, we noticed new things, things we hadn't seen before, though they were there all along. We began to receive new insights too. But now as we come out of this pandemic and many things begin to open up, we find ourselves in a new kind of fog once again. Patterns established in the last year are now changing again. And while the last year may not have seemed easy, at least we were retreating to the smaller and familiar spaces of our homes, where the structure, at least inside, was largely in our control. But this, this shift now, this shift is outward into the world, back into the world, <laughs> a vastly larger environment where most things are not in our control. As we return, it can often feel like everything is up for renegotiation. It can feel like the new insights we've gained, often hard-won insights and new wonders we've noticed are in jeopardy. A few years ago, my son had an internship at the Institute for Transportation Studies at UC Davis, where he got to work with a professor on research on self-driving cars. And what he learned was that self-driving cars are good at structured environments. But um, uh, when the lines on the roads go away, they have a much harder time. And uh, one day we were, we were driving across the, heading across the, the Bay Bridge and he noticed that as we approached the toll booths, the lanes disappeared and th that they don't reorganize until after you move through the booths as multiple cars emerging from, um, they're paying the toll, the different booths have to figure out how to get into one of the five lanes from many, many more toll booths. And he said, this is the kind of unstructured environment that self-driving cars have a lot of trouble with, he said, pondering. Well, sometimes people have a hard time with unstructured environments, too. And actually, I'm, I'm regularly amazed that there are not more accidents as we come out of the various toll plazas in our areas. How can all of these cars traveling at these speeds without clear lanes not collide? But every day, nearly half a million cars navigate the Bay Bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge and the Carquinez Bridge with grace. Well, not always with grace, but without incident. How does so much structure come out of an unstructured environment? The complexity of our world, the awesomeness of goodness and power is truly astounding. In our scripture today from Acts, the disciples have been dealing with an unstructured environment. It had been Jesus who gave the direction and the purpose to their days. 
but he was gone. He had been present to them on the road to Emmaus and then again in the upper room, but they were still trying to make sense out of these appearances. They were in a fog. And it is into this fog that the Holy Spirit descends like wind and fire that dissipates the mists and the lack of clarity. What is this spirit that manifests in this way on this day? As the third person of the Trinity of God, the Holy Spirit was not created on this day, this day when we celebrate Pentecost. We believe that the Holy Spirit, like the person of Jesus, is co-eternal and co-equal with God. But like the birth of Jesus, something new is happening here. A new way of knowing, a new wisdom, a new insight, a new way of really being God's people has descended and is present with us in possibility and hope. The scripture tells us that when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The refrain in the scripture is that they were amazed and astonished, saying, what does this mean? And it was out of this openness that that new understanding and empowerment became manifest and the church was born. So often we think of the fog or confusion we experience as negative. But it is precisely in these times when our minds let go of what we think we know that the Holy Spirit can break through to us, giving us access to new information and awareness or leading us in new ways that can transform our lives and transform the world. Twelve years before Rosa Parks famously refused to give up her seat on that Montgomery bus, she had had a showdown with that very same bus driver. Did you know this part of the story? She had entered through the front door of the bus and the driver on that bus was a well-known racist bigot named James Blake. He told her to get off the bus and enter again through the rear and he started to push her off the bus. And Parks calmly asked him not to touch her. She said she would leave on her own. But before she exited, she sat down for a moment in a seat reserved for a white passenger, an act of resistance, a testament to dignity and life and a foreshadowing of what was to come. Get off the bus, Blake yelled. Rosa Parks exited and told herself she would never ride a bus with this man as driver again. So for 12 years, she paid attention as she waited for the bus consciously letting a bus pass if Blake was the driver. Then one day she was consumed by her own thoughts. Maybe she was stressed about something. Maybe there was something going on in her family that she was preoccupied by. We don't know what was on her mind. But on that day, she forgot to check 
the driver before she got on the bus. And the driver on that day, December 1st, 1955, was Blake. The same scene ensued and the rest, of course, is history. But the moment I want to call our attention to in this well-known story is the moment in 1955 before Parks got on the bus. This moment of fog or preoccupation, this is the moment the Holy Spirit used for good and grace to complete the action that had begun 12 years before. This is the moment that in spite of her intentions, her plans, to the contrary, Parks boarded the bus and through the awesome and mysterious power of the Holy Spirit, we were all offered a vision through her actions of what God's world could look like. Amazing. In this short scripture today from Acts, twice we have the line, and they were amazed, and they were amazed. But how often do we fail to be amazed at what God is doing? How often do we miss the intricacy, the moment before the moment, that opening that the Holy Spirit finds to enter? The truth is that when we are in our routines with sunny and clear weather, going about our structured lives, staying in our lanes, we so easily miss the Holy Spirit who is trying to break through to us, who is working on our behalf invisibly, but no less real, empowering us to work for God's justice or giving us insight into exactly what confounds us, giving us the key to our chains, giving us breath that leads to life. The great Jewish theologian of the 20th century, Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote, awe precedes faith. It is at the root of faith. We must grow in awe in order to reach faith. We must be guided by awe to be worthy of faith. Awe is more than emotion. It is a way of understanding. Our goal should be to live in radical amazement, he wrote. Get up in the morning and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life casually. To be spiritual is to be amazed. And this from a man who became exiled from his homeland and endured the horrific deaths of friends and family in the Holocaust. Live life in radical amazement, he counsels. Now that we are coming out of this pandemic, the temptation is to return to our routines, our structures, to reclaim the life we left. But to do so is to miss all of the insights that came through the power of the Holy Spirit that entered as mist in fog, that broke through the orderliness of what we think we know. Resist the temptation to proclaim your facts. The message of Pentecost is that God is in our amazement and in the acceptance rather than the resistance to that amazement, the church is born. Rosa Parks sparked an exceedingly significant chapter 
of activism for racial, racial justice. And now more than half a century later, so has George Floyd. The anniversary of George Floyd's murder as a result of police violence is this Wednesday. We often think of awe as wonderful and joyous, but awe can be terrible too, as in awful. The pain and deep sorrow of last May gave way to a space, a space in which black folks said, I cannot keep carrying this trauma alone. And white folks said, I need to do better. How would we affect this shift? We did not fully know, but the Holy Spirit entered into that moment of letting go, of yearning, of openness to more, and things have shifted. We're not done, but we know some things have shifted. The church that was born through the descent of the Holy Spirit over 2,000 years ago is the same church that now responds to the empowering of the Holy Spirit as we pursue true racial justice. At Epworth, our openness to what we don't know has led us into a process of deeper listening, researching, studying, creating, growing, and learning. You may know that Epworth has a practice of creating art and using art and visible expressions like our always flying rainbow flag to witness to our commitments and our hope. Last year, there was a strong desire to create an installation that would witness to our commitment and our hope for racial justice. Our artist in residence, Clark Kellogg, encouraged us to listen to the spirit, to see what emerged. Then Diane Rush Woods brought to Epworth the idea of doing something similar to the installation of lament and tribute for persons who had been killed at the hands of the state that she had led at Cal State East Bay. Out of this, the Beyond February project at Epworth has been born. Through the Beyond February project, Epworth members were led to an African-American individual who has been killed as a result of police violence. Then they researched their lives, their friends, their families, their hopes, their commitments, their likes and their dislikes, their dreams. A tribute piece was created and these beautiful and holy pieces were consecrated last week, then installed at the Hopkins Street entrance of Epworth. Member Kim Faraka memorialized a, a man named Chinedu Okobi, and she said about her process, I fell in love with him doing this project. I came to appreciate the complex person he was in life, and I grieve that his life was cut short through police violence. Working on this project penetrated some layers of white numbness and white indifference in me and I have been much more emotionally attuned ever since to the impact of police violence on black communities. This is the work of the Holy Spirit through the church, alive, breathing, breaking through our numbness or fog or despair or lack of wonder, bringing healing, sowing wholeness, granting grace. May we stay open to her guiding wisdom. May we keep being formed and informed and reformed as the church. 
And may we be the church, open and amazed through the love of God, saved through the companionship of Jesus, and inspired and set free through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Oh.